Hi there, I'm Gavin Crawford. I'm a writer, an actor, and a comedian. And for the last eight or nine years, I have been navigating life with my mother's increasing dementia. Has it been sad? Yeah. Has it been funny? Also, yeah. That's what my brand new podcast series, Let's Not Be Kidding, is about. It's the true story of my life as a comedian, my mom, and dementia. Let's Not Be Kidding, with me, Gavin Crawford. A new seven-part series from CBC Podcasts, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Wab Canoe has promised to represent all Manitobans. The crisis in governance deepens inside the speakerless U.S. Capitol. This is a very serious matter. We're not serious. Let's be serious. I did everything right and they indicted me. Because news. With Gavin Crawford. Thank you very much, everyone. I am Gavin Crawford. Welcome to Because News, Canada's funniest news quiz. It is the fifth anniversary of legal weed in Canada, and studies show many cannabis businesses have been starting to fail. If this worrying trend continues, Canadian cannabis users may have to walk upwards of six, possibly even seven steps between dispensaries. Over the next 30 minutes, we'll be making games out of the news. Let's welcome this week's panel. She did a couple of shots before the show, a COVID shot and a flu shot, but she's still feeling pretty good. Please welcome Alice Moran. In the middle chair, we have a long-standing agreement with this guy, but he says if there's no pharmacare by the end of the show, that deal is off. Please welcome Chris Siddiqui. I'm serious. Serious about that. And finally, he was this close to getting a part in the Michelle Obama musical, but he didn't quite have the arms for it. Please welcome Eric the Tank Peterson. Thank you, thank you very much. Very, very, very lovely of you to welcome me like that. (laughs) Are you ready, panel? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I just nodded off there for a moment. Perfect. Perfect time to start. (laughs) Here we go. Panel, Halloween is fast approaching, and what would the run-up be without a spooky news clue? Have a listen to this fake movie trailer and be prepared for questions about this week's headlines. This clue, guest starring Alice Moran. Steve, I'm getting a bad feeling about this place. It's so cold. Uh, What are you talking about, Cheryl? This is going to be great. This is Steve... There's a note. It says we have to strip the bed and empty the dishwasher or they'll charge us extra. No, that that can't be right. Let me check online. The Wi-Fi. I can't get get on the Wi-Fi. You know what? Why don't we just get out of here and find ourselves a cute coffee shop where, like, all the locals are hanging out? We can't, Steve. The neighborhood's dead. The whole neighborhood is dead. Can you afford Ghost Hotel? The housing crisis compels you. (laughs) Whoa. 
Fennel, you heard the movie trailer for Ghost Hotel. According to the headlines, what is a ghost hotel? It's a hotel for ghosts. <laughs> it's a hotel for ghosts or any other kind of paranormal beings, you know, vampires. You know, these people like to travel like the rest of us. Have business, have business and they need to stay someplace. Uh, Chris Siddiqui. I actually know this guy. Uh, uh, Airbnb is specializing in uh, haunted places. So you can go stay in a haunted place. You're close by saying Airbnb, but it is not that. Does anyone know for real? What is a ghost hotel? Uh, a ghost hotel is when like a whole condo building is essentially Airbnbs instead of homes for people who live in the place. The headline from CBC News reads, number of ghost hotels in Toronto contributing to housing crisis and surging prices. Ghost hotels are made up of many units known as STRs. <gasps> what is an STR? Um, it's something I had in college. <laughs> uh, Chris, do you know what an STR is? Yes, it is something that I gave Alice in college. <laughs> Short-term rental is the correct answer. The city of Toronto released a report this week which found that in just three downtown condo buildings alone, 600 units are short-term rentals. Whoa! Alice, do you live in a condo? Is there a lot of STRs in your condo? Uh, Not in my building, but I live near City Place, and City Place is a lot of Airbnbs, and it's not good. (laughs) What's the problem? When your neighborhood is just full of people who don't live there, they don't bring anything to the neighborhood other than, like, loud parties and vomiting. And I have a dog that will eat anything. (laughs) So, for me... It's real gross. Well, Toronto is looking for solutions. BC took a very bold step this week. According to the Vancouver Sun, what is British Columbia doing to crack down on ghost hotels? Well, I hope they would be calling the ghost hotel busters. (laughs) Uh, What are they doing, Eric? Well, uh, by law, each guest has to be checked for being alive. Uh, They put a small mirror under your nose to see if there's, there's any breath. And then you can go to your room. (laughs) They have passed new legislation, which will result in heftier fines for hosts who break the local bylaws. Fines would start at $3,000 per day and can go as high as $50,000 per day, uh, depending on the municipality. Short-term rentals can only be offered in the host's primary residence. So if you own two condos or landlords who own multiple condos, they need to make those condos long-term rentals. According to Airbnb, what is the downside of these new regulations for British Columbians? Oh, well, they're going to ruin Halloween for them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's going to be, the haunting's going to be really down because people have no place to stay. I was going to say, all the ghosts are out on the street, nowhere to haunt. What about all those ambulatory corpses? Where are they going to stay? Poor guys. Sticking with the actual news story, what, (laughs) Alice, is the downside, says Airbnb, for British Columbians? Says Airbnb that they'll make less money. Why would we ask for their opinion on their terrible service? They said it makes travel to and within BC unaffordable and reduces tourism. Have they seen housing in British Columbia? It's also unaffordable. Under the new regulations, British Columbians will require a business license in order to rent short term. 
so that they will be able to more accurately police people who are breaking the rules. Before this legislation, how did they find out if people were breaking the rules? They just went on Airbnb and they messaged like, hey, I just want to stay here. I just want to check. Are you breaking any rules? Death not the government, lol. (laughs) That is a good guess. They say it has previously been up to community policing. Oh, yeah. We know what happens when you leave things up to community policing. Vigilantes. Exactly. We got Batman, Superman, (laughs) Spider-Man. I love the idea of Batman going around and knocking on doors being like, hey, How you can't you? have an Airbnb. This is a short-term rental. <laughs> I'm going to need you to stay here for more than three months. Okay. Chris, How long have I been staying in this place, Batman? <laughs> Riddle me this. <laughs> ah, you were born in the short-term rental. <laughs> Maybe these rules will come to Ontario as well, but I doubt it since we're run by the Penguin. <laughs> News, Canada's News Quiz. Today on the panel, we've got Alice Moran, Eric Peterson, and Chris Siddiqui. You can catch Chris starring in a new show on Netflix that is in the top ten right now. It is called I Woke Up a Vampire. You play the collector. What do you collect? I collect children. But literally, I, I collect, because the collector is like this sort of villain, right? And the world is filled with these blendeds, like half vampires and half werewolves, and I have to collect the blended. Better you than me. <laughs> you can stream it worldwide on Netflix. Yeah! yeah! It is time for a musical Connect Four panel. I want you to have a listen to these four song clips, all of which have to do with a story from the news this week. Those songs are all related to a story that was making headlines. That's because they all get played at a very specific time. When do you think those songs play? They play the moment I step out of the bathroom. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Eric, do you know when those songs play? Yeah, well, they play them when some, uh, some people are happy and some people aren't. Uh, and it's that- goal. They're goal songs. You are correct for the point. Those songs are played when an NHL goal is scored. Oh, right, of course. Those are all goal songs. Those songs were for San Jose, Boston, Calgary, and Ottawa. Oh. Goal songs were in the news this week because the Toronto Maple Leafs ditched the goal song they've been using for the last five years. Now, surely you've watched the Leafs game in the last five years, so you should be able to answer this. What goal song got the boot? I don't know the name of it, but I know how it goes. It goes... Fabric land, fabric land. <laughs> Eric? It was that Hall and Oates thing, eh? You're correct. Yeah, for yeah, the point. yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I, yeah. I, how does it go? Does anybody know how it goes? Well, you no, make my dreams. You make my dreams come true. Oh. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. I had to cut it before that it was. You make my dreams because come true was now a total fabrication that even uh, people that have root heart and soul for this team could not put up with. That's why they had to get rid of it because yeah, some people yeah. started singing like, you make my dreams shatter at the end of every season when you're so close. Yes. Change the lyrics. 
<laughs> uh, here is the song. See, you're all into it. I feel like maybe they shouldn't have got rid of it now. It's a bop. Would that bring you to your feet after a goal? I mean, this year for Halloween, my partner and I are going as Hall and Slutty Oats. So, yeah. <laughs> are you psyched for this hockey season, Eric? Are you ready? Well, you know, it's hard, eh? The hockey season is so long. And, uh, you know, the playoffs are not until next June or something. So we're watching the kind of hockey that, you know, you know we have to go through all these games. I mean, uh, the, the Leafs, they play a dandy game these days. There's, there's no doubt about that. They just... <laughs> get into trouble in the playoffs but they they're, they're a real fun team to watch so yeah i i like the hockey but there's a lot of sports going on right now eh and it's it's just as well because they then the news is awful so there's lots of sports going on there's football baseball i like that you're at the phase of your life where you're like the only problem with hockey is the whole first part of the season just yeah. skip to the playoffs yeah. i don't have the time <laughs> right. that's a good point i don't have the time i've lived my whole adult life you know waiting for the leafs to win a stanley cup and i'm starting to worry <laughs> <laughs> The Leafs have not, in fact, settled on a new goal song just yet. Instead, they're auditioning a bunch of contenders. At the season opener, they played a remix of Kid Cudi's Pursuit of Happiness, but that song drew complaints. What was wrong with the Kid Cudi song? Is it the lyric, driving drunk, doing my thing? Yes, that is correct. (laughs) They did decide not to continue with the Kid Cudi song. Uh, Any other songs you think the Leafs should try? I want the Eurythmics, you know, sweet dreams. (laughs) Especially the lyrics, some of them want to use you. Some of them want to get used by you. Some of them want to abuse you. Some of them want to be abused. Now, this is a very good description of the relationship, the dysfunctional relationship between this hockey team and the lifelong fans that are waiting for them to finally win a Stanley Cup. Yes. It's like Annie Lennox was in the room. (laughs) (laughs) The Vancouver Canucks, for their part, use a classic 80s movie anthem as their goal song. They use the 1988 theme to Beaches, Gav, which is The Wind Beneath My Wings. <laughs> now that's a hockey game I could get behind. Chris, uh, 80s movie anthem. The never-ending story <laughs> uh, Eric? I didn't even know they had a goalie song there. They have that huge horn. That bloody loud horn that sounds like a super tanker. They do indeed have a big horn, and then they follow it up with this. (laughs) And after every goal, Ali Sheedy comes out with a makeover, and you're like, no, you look so better, it's better as a god. Alice Moran. Yes. I'm going to put you on the spot here because mm-hmm. I believe you should know this. Can you tell me what song gets played when the Edmonton Oilers score a goal? I can't, Gavin, because I've seen this season so far. <laughs> <laughs> wow, slam. Really? Slam on your favorite team. Uh, last year's season it was like a 90s club banger. I don't know the name of the song. It's Fluxland by XL. It sounds like this. When we win games, 
We have a way better song, and it's La Bamba. You'll still get a point for 90s club banger, because that was very <laughs> close. Nice. That's what happens when Connor McDavid lights up the scoreboard, but it's another Connor who has really got hockey fans gushing this season. For the point, which Connor is the talk of the league this year? Bedard. You are correct for the point. It is Connor Bedard. The Hockey News headline reads, The Connor Bedard Media Machine is off and running. While the hoopla about 18-year-old Connor Bedard. Well, to use a hockey parlance, Connor Bedard is what we call a fancy boy king whom the gods have blessed. <laughs> he is considered, quote, a generational talent. The next Sidney Crosby. Huh. According to the Globe and Mail, Connor Bedard is at the beginning of his career, but he is already a master at something else hockey players need to master. What does the article say? He is already a master of. He is the master of his fate and the captain of his soul. <laughs> wow. Uh, Eric, what is he the master of? Well, I, uh, Cathal Kelly wrote this wonderful thing. I'm sorry, I, I had read it, so I know the answer to this. Which is, Don't be sorry, that's actually the point of this show. <laughs> <laughs> he said, 18 years old, and he cliches like a man twice his age. You are exactly correct. I thought that was wonderful. Eh? The Globe headline reads, oh. Connor Bedard has an electric presence on the ice and a cliched poise off of it. Wow. What, what do you think that means? You got to keep it simple, play hard, create some opportunities, keep skating, get the puck deep in and score more goals than them. We'll win for sure. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. should coach a hockey team here. Come on. He's very great at the hockey talk, where you don't really say anything, but you still do the interview. Now, to prove this, I've dug out a bunch of Connor Bedard press conferences for some of his vaguest answers. I'll play one of the reporter's questions, and then I want you to guess the cliche the rookie responded with. Oh, sweet. Alice, you're up first. Here is Connor Bedard in a press conference from last January when he was playing for Canada's World Juniors. What has to happen for Canada to be successful tonight? Um, I think we got to play a little... A little harder out there. We got to play a little faster. We got to get in there deep. We got to get those pucks friggin' moving. <laughs> Let's see if you're correct. What has to happen for Canada to be successful tonight? Um, I think we got to play a little simpler. Uh, that's what we're saying when, when we're not, you know, going to our to our best. But you know, when we got when we got the guys we got, if we're if we're in there and they're not gonna have not gonna have a very good time. <laughs> you didn't get accurate words, but you got the tone exactly correct. <laughs> Over to you, Chris Siddiqui. Yes. Here's Connor Bedard at the beginning of the Blackhawks training camp. Have a listen to this reporter's question and get ready to complete the hockey cliche. How's the cooking going? Because you said your mom was instrumental, you know, early on in your career. So how are you doing it solo? Or... <laughs> how did Connor Bedard react to the cooking question, Chris? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Anyone for the steal? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, you just, uh, you got to get in there. You got to add that salt. You yeah, got to add that pepper, you know, veggies, and, you know, um, you, know you just, you yeah. hope for your best. You show up every night and you yeah. hope for your best. You and some days you get a soup going. Got to move that you spatula around, right? 110%. <laughs> Here is actual Connor Bedard. How's the cooking going? Because you said your mom was instrumental, you know, at early on in your career. Yeah, I just kind of FaceTime her, put her on the counter, and she tells her what to do. So um, she's uh, making it easy on me, but yeah, maybe try to be a little more independent at some point. <laughs> well, there you go. Very good job, panel. And good luck to Connor Bedard. And let me just remind you, you will miss 100% of the shallots you don't bake. <laughs> 
Because news. Making the news a party. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. This week, the Toronto Star said the cyclical arrows symbol for recycling needs to be updated. The new image will more accurately reflect the recycling process by depicting a garbage truck just taking it to the same landfill as everything else. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for banking news. No, it's not about inflation. For once, this story is about a good old-fashioned firing. The BBC reports that Citibank has won a controversial lawsuit over an unfair dismissal. The employee thought he was wrongfully fired after claiming something on a business trip to Amsterdam. What did the bank sack the man for claiming in Amsterdam? Just a A whole mess of tulips. (laughs) Just expensed a bunch of tulips? Yeah. Derek? Well, he expensed the cost of a, that he'd put out of a replica of Hans Brinker's finger in a dike. A legitimate banking expense, I think, in these times of, um, you know, recessionary economies. Gavin, I don't appreciate Eric talking about me like that. <laughs> it's an old Dutch folktale. The BBC News headline reads, Citibank wins case after sacking banker over two sandwich lunch claim. Whoa. The employee expensed two sandwiches, two coffees, and two entrees. Whoa. Outrageous. Why was the employee fired from an international bank over the double chow? Well, I would assume it's because when he ordered that much, that's too much, and you can't expect banks to bail you out. They wouldn't expect the same of us. Incorrect, Eric. Well, they, the bank didn't understand that this was the Dutch tweak on the Dutch treat, whereby you can uh, lunch alone and still split the bill with yourself. <laughs> the bank suspected that he was expensing a meal for another person, which is not allowed, according to sections 3.11 and 3.15 of the city expense management policy, spousal travel and meals are not reimbursable. Whoa. The sacked employee, however, denied that he shared the double order with someone else. What was his explanation for ordering two coffees and two sandwiches? He needed another one, another meal across from him so no one would know that he's cripplingly lonely. (laughs) And he could just keep saying like, oh no, she's coming. (laughs) She just is in the bathroom, I guess. Now it's extra sad that he got fired. (laughs) (laughs) Erica. Well, he was likely high and had the munchies, you know. And, That's uh, what I'm talking yeah, about, said, right? Oh, of course. And, you know, you know, one sandwich, two sandwiches. Why well, have one sandwich, you can have two, or another cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, he could have gone on. Probably a lot of things he didn't charge, like the pound of butter that he put away, too, and things yeah, like that. Right. He told the bank the coffees were very small and that he ordered the second sandwich to eat later. However, it was the two entrees that really caught the attention of Citibank's security and investigations unit. 
Can you guess which two entrees the man claimed to have eaten in one sitting that raised the red flag for the Citibank detectives? Was it the lobster thermidor and the steak tartare? Did he just get like two foods that if you ate they would in your stomach would combust? Like, did he get Coke and Pop Rocks? <laughs> the Citibank detectives were tipped off because he ordered a pasta pesto and also a pasta bolognese. Hey, that's too much carbs for one man. I think it all proves my theory that he was high as a kite and was willing to eat anything yeah. and everything. Yeah. All right. After hearing this, uh, we'll call it evidence. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Petal? Do you believe these two meals were all for him or was someone else there? Oh, someone else there for sure. For sure. I don't think you could. Pr- that would hold up in a court of law. I think it was his dealer <laughs> who he invited. And he was like, meet me at this restaurant. I, I get paid by Citibank, bro. I love the idea that you would take your dealer out for a nice meal. It's you a new me? world, Alice. Yeah, I remember the days where you'd be like, okay, please get out of my house now. The idea of being kind to your dealer, wow, what a beautiful world we live in. Eric, where do you fall? Well, again, I, my theory was he was alone and as high as you can possibly get. <laughs> the man eventually did admit that someone else was indeed with him. But the judge's ruling was that the case is not about money, but more about the conduct of the claimant. The judge says the man should have answered truthfully when asked about the receipt. (laughs) There is an ironic twist that this man ended up being fired for lying about his expenses, considering the position he used to hold at the bank. (gasps) For a final point in this round, what do you think his ironic job was at Citibank? He was the sandwich coffee counter at Citibank, <laughs> making sure that everyone only had one serving of a sandwich and coffee. Good guess, Alice. Was he president of spaghetti? In fact, the man was a financial crime analyst. Coming up in the next few weeks, we're joined by Superstores Lauren Ash, Scott Thompson, Cliff Cardinal, Ryan Belleville, and more. It's Raining Stars! <laughs> Panel, it's time to play around. I call No Fair. <laughs> this is where we take a look at some of the headlines that had Canadians crying, hey, no fair. We start in Toronto where a downtown restaurant has instituted a new policy barring a certain clientele. Who is forbidden from dining at this Michelin star restaurant? Eric Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) I actually know it's children. The headline from CTV News reads, Toronto restaurant bans kids under 10. Good. Look, it didn't make the headlines, but Eric is also banned. (laughs) Well, I thought they were banning people that didn't know what a claret was. What is a claret? It's a red Bordeaux. My God, you'll never get into my restaurant. (laughs) That's because the only wines I know are red and gone. (laughs) The restaurant is called Adrak, and its Yorkville location now has a strict no kids under 10 policy. They said the restaurant is suited for social dining, business, and date nights. Not all of their customers were pleased by the rule. Some posted negative reviews, calling the policy blatant discrimination. The Toronto Star asked that same question. Is this even legal? Well, panel, 
Is it? Well, as a business, I don't know. Is it as a business you have the right to refuse? Yeah. A customer? Any any kind of clientele? Or did the review say like this restaurant's dumb and poopy? I don't ever want to go. <laughs> and you're like, I know who wrote this review. <laughs> Technically, it is legal. According to one lawyer, the Ontario Human Rights Code offers protection from discrimination for service, but only for those 18 and over. Oh. What do you think they serve at Adrak Yorkville? Oh, they serve chicken nuggets and french fries and cheeky fingies. And... It's the meanest policy ever. <laughs> They actually serve fine Indian cuisine and fancy cocktails. Oh. Two things kids notoriously love. Daddy, I want a Manhattan and some buttered chicken. (laughs) chicken. Where's the alu gobi, father? (laughs) I kind of get, like, not letting kids, because I went to a very, very fancy restaurant uh, when I was first seeing my boyfriend, and... um, it was the night that he was trying to tell me that he loved me, but every time he'd be like, he'd be like, uh, so, and he'd be like sweating and nervous. And every time this kid just came ripping by screaming and he'd be like, uh, uh, no, 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 it's not the moment. But to be fair, your boyfriend took you to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he knows me. Yeah. <laughs> of course, parents of young kids hungry for paneer weren't the only ones crying no fair this week. The Quebec government announced that something else young people want is going to be harder to get as of next September. For a point, what is the Quebec government making harder to get? Vaping? <laughs> or is it harder to get them likes and subscribes? <laughs> no, no more likes Having and a crazy good time coming of age in Montreal. I think you know. I think I know. If you're from out of the province and you're going to university, you're going to pay twice the tuition. The headline from CBC News reads, University tuition to double for out-of-province students in Quebec starting next year. Double? That would mean a year that costs $9,000 currently will now be $17,000 next September. International students will pay a minimum of $20,000. Some out-of-province students will be exempt from the tuition hike. Who will still be able to afford name-brand craft dinner Next semester in Quebec. Anybody who knows all of the lyrics to Say Lalloween. <laughs> that would be wonderful, but no. It is students who are already attending. Their tuition will not go up. So if you're in your first year, you won't have to pay double for your second year. Well, I would hope so. What is this, Netflix? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> also, students who are part of an international agreement from countries like France or Belgium. Oh, right. The French-speaking ones off call. <laughs> Why does the Quebec government say the price hike is necessary? And to protect the French culture and uh, language. Yes, you are correct. To protect the French language. Yes. It is necessary. The target of this is mostly English language universities. The tuition hike is expected to bring in about $110 million. A portion will go to preserve, protect, and enhance Quebec's French language universities. <laughs> I heard that, all of you. <laughs> How do you enhance the French language? More uh, accent aigus? <laughs> it's accent aigus for everyone. <laughs> you get a accent aigus, and you get an accent aigus, and you get an accent aigus. <gasps> Mon Dieu. A City News Montreal headline reads, Defending tuition increase, Premier Legault says survival of French language is at risk. 
Do uh, they know about France? <laughs> well, it's, in, it's interesting. They, I, I would have assumed that the chances of uh, increasing uh, the use of French language is having people come from other places that don't speak French might be to the point. I mean, it's easy to say. We're, I, we, we in English Canada don't feel threatened in that way. So I find, you know, even though I'm somewhat dismayed at their policies, I have to admit that I'm not in the same, um, I don't live the same existence that they do and feel that my language and my culture is under attack. I'm looking for real answers here. Can you name the three English language universities in Quebec? McGill. Bishops. McGill, Bishops, and... Concordia. Chris Siddiqui for the point. Eagle-eyed Chris Siddiqui who lip-read the man in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow we reached the end of another exciting because news. Our champion this week is Eric Peterson. My congratulations, Eric. You have the honor of reading our credits. I am Gavin Crawford, offering my congratulations to the Walt Disney Company on its 100th anniversary, mostly because I assume they somehow own this show. (laughs) You can never be sure. We'll see you next time. Why? Because you! Give it up for Alice Moran, Chris Siddiqui, and Eric Peterson. Canada. This is Eric Peterson, winner of Because News. Congratulations to my runners-up, Alice Moran and Chris Siddiqui, who I haven't seen for months. Yeah. Because News is written and produced by Elizabeth Bowie, David Carroll, Gavin Crawford, Phil Lung, and Jess Klimowski. This week we had help from Jan Caruana and John Blair. Rounding out the team, Aaron Conway, Bronwyn Page, Errol Gonzalez, and our recording engineer, wonderful Paul Hodge. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.